Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. We're taking a trip back through December 1999 because lost the first time the Lakers and Clippers played at uh, then Staples Center. And this is Beckett 1 by Brian McKnight, which is number two on the Billboard Hot 100. Do you remember this one? I remember Brian McKnight because yeah. I really like his voice, but I don't remember this song. <laughs> Me and uh, Slee were listening to this in 99, right. going <laughs> to Lucky Boys to get Coupling together burritos. Yeah. Saw right. The one that no, got we away. Breakfast burritos. <laughs> this was uh, played before uh, the game, right before the game. Imagine if they played this. You know how they have some of these hype songs? <laughs> It is fun. It's amazing. I mean, duh. But it is amazing how the right piece of music at the right time will put you in a very specific mood, yeah. and then this makes you want to do one of two things: go to sleep or the other thing. Right. Eat, that, that's it. Eat. <laughs> Not eat. No. Jog. No. Lift this weights. Is romantic. Do you guys yeah. remember when Brian McKnight did a like a version of "I Love L.A." for KCAL Nine? No, but you're gonna go find that yeah. and you're gonna play it's that. For, it's pretty good. It's like a ra- I uh, as a kid, I remember loving it. Are you looking at what's yeah, on the TV right, right up there, Slee? It's on two TVs. Why uh, are they even playing this here? <laughs> Yamamoto the season. is getting ready to make his Dodger debut coming up here in uh, about ten minutes. He's gonna pitch for the first time in a spring training game and. I mean, again, it feels anticlimactic to a degree because Otani made his debut yesterday and and hit a home run and did all the Otani things that you wanted to see. But I'm not so sure that that dude isn't the most important thing that they oh, got yeah, coming up this season. We can we, we can talk about that coming up in just a little bit. But going back to what we're talking about, Lakers and Clippers moving forward. Here's the case for I'm going to make this quickly, Slee, and then you tell me which way you want to go. Okay. The Lakers' case is they're the Lakers. And mm-hmm. while the last 10 years they have and, and not. The, and the question is for those, the next 10 years for the Lakers, use that 5, 10 yeah, years. Yeah, 5 or 10. Who's got, a better, who's got a better future, the Lakers or the Clippers? So the case for the Lakers is over the last 10 years, they have not been what they were historically under Dr. Buss. But LeBron James did basically say, I want to go there. Then, then they were able to get Anthony Davis to come here, and he only wanted to come here. They've always been able to attract star players, and they've done a reasonably good job of drafting further down in the draft and finding some guys. They're the Lakers is the pitch, right? They'll always find a way because they always have found a way, although less frequently in, in the recent history. The Clippers' totality of their history is laughably awful. Their recent history, since Steve Ballmer bought the team, Respectable. Pretty good. Yeah, respectable. Pretty they good. Still, you haven't got to an NBA Finals. No, but, but they haven't been bad, and they've been good frequently. And they've had some bad luck with injuries that if maybe those injuries don't go down, they can make a Building run. a new building, they have not spared a single expense in trying to rebrand their organization and create an environment where good things can happen. The downside for the Clippers is they're kind of locked into this team for the foreseeable future because they traded away all those picks to make the Kawhi-Paul George thing come together in the first pick. Or the first place, I should say. So which of them are better set up for success moving forward? So if I go back 10 years ago, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the past a little bit. Because I think the past is going to tell a little bit of story of if we're just depending on, well, it's the Lakers, and look what the Lakers have been in the past. Who would you give more credit for over the Lakers' turnaround in these last six years? Is it what the front office did? Is it this you know unbelievable plan that they had in mind? Or was it LeBron James deciding, I'm going to go be a Los Angeles Laker? It's a really good question. And I, because I'm going to go be a Los Angeles Laker, then I'm also able to now go get Anthony Davis. I'm not telling you LeBron is running the Lakers. What I'm telling you is that wherever he goes, success is going to follow. My concern with the Lakers is life before LeBron James – for a good five, six years, the franchise has never seen anything as bad as that, ever. Uh, especially during the Dr. Jerry Buss era, it was basically you're making it to the NBA Finals every other year. Yeah. And, and so my concern with the Lakers is this. If I look at the last 10 years of the Lakers versus the last 10 years of the Clippers, Steve Ballmer is obviously going to start, I think Ballmer bought in 2015, something along those lines. 
I don't think there's ever going to be a time with the Clippers moving forward. Are they going to have bad luck? Can stuff happen? Can players not pan out? Absolutely. But you're never going to deal with with an owner that's worth $120 billion who decided I'm going to go build my own you know, facility and everything else. Sounds like they're going to be in the mix a lot. It's, it's, it's not a guarantee, but they're going to be in the mix a lot. My question mark that I would have for the Lakers moving forward is when Braun decides I'm done, I'm moving forward, okay, well, can now that Lakers front office bring in that next star and start building from there? The history would tell you yes, but the last but 10 it's not years— there. It's not the people running, it's now history. It's the last 10 yeah. years is it's a front office that's obviously completely different based upon Dr. Jerry Buss passing away. It, it, it's the question, right? Because LeBron chose the Lakers, right? That LeBron decided, I want to go to L.A., I want to be a member of the Didn't Lakers. Didn't choose the Clippers. Right. But it, it, he could have literally gone wherever he wanted. He and yeah. this is the place that he decided to come play for. That is still the power of that brand. It is still the power of that brand. But they haven't been what you described with, with Dr. Buss running the show and being in charge. Which they, nobody can do with Dr. Of Buss. Of course did. not. But mm-hmm. they've also gone the opposite direction where it's been bad occasionally and good less occasionally. And the question is, does the brand supersede the actual results over the last 15 years or so? And time will tell, right? Because if the next big free agent that shakes loose, right, who, who, whether it's Giannis or Luca or whoever it Embiid. is, or, it, mm-hmm. one of these people that says, A, I don't want to be here anymore, or B, it's just my time's up and I'm moving on, are they still in the mix? Because there was a period of time where they were not. Remember the famous, or infamous is a better way of putting it, the uh, who is the guy, LaMarcus Aldridge, right, where he came in for a meeting and it was a bunch of, well, here's what we can do for you in L.A., and he's like, they never even mentioned they basketball. They asked for a second meeting. They asked because, for a do-over. Yeah. They asked for a duo. That's how bad it was for a moment. Now, LeBron instantly brought it back to where we are right now. And that was Jim Buss, and that was Mitch Kupchak. So those also are not there anymore. No, they're not. Mm-hmm. But others are. And so it's going to see, we're going to find out which of those two forces is more powerful. Is it fair to just say this? No matter, I agree you can make a case for both sides. But I think if 10 years ago we were trying to have this conversation it was not a conversation. No. Today, I think it is a conversation. Uh, you know what it's going to take? It's going to take a moment. And Kawhi did this. Kawhi had a moment where he could have signed with the Los Angeles Lakers. He chose the Clippers. And Kawhi put the Clippers in a position saying, I'll come, but you got to go get Paul George, right? And that's when that all kind of went down. I guess maybe the next move would be, there's another free agent in a couple years from now, like you mentioned, and it's coming down to, okay, I could play for the Lakers or I could play for the Clippers. The Clippers have a real pitch. This is not a. This is no longer a, a lopsided two franchises. Now, if the Clippers ever won anything, they haven't. Have the Clippers made it to the NBA Finals? They haven't. So that's always going to hang in front of them until they do something. For people of a certain age, yes. But keep in mind that – for modern players, the glory days of the Lakers that you can remember the Shaq Kobe thing a little bit, the Powell Kobe thing a little bit, but it's getting further and further in the rearview mirror. The Clippers are there, they, they, it works, right? Have they won the title? Of course not, if they haven't. But if you just said who has made more good decisions over the last eight or 10 years, the Clippers have. They, they've made and they're set up for a, a, a run that has been mostly thwarted by bad luck than bad decisions. Mm-hmm. The bad luck has been injuries. The bad luck has been this guy's out when that guy's not out. They have very rarely had their full complement of guys, not because they managed it poorly, but because it was just unlucky. Well, and and for those who now, as the dust settles, and you're saying, what were the Clippers doing sh- trading Shade Gill just outside? That's what there I mean. Was, but there wasn't an executive back then that would not no, have made that No, of course move. not. And look, when mm-hmm. they went and got Harden, it was a – they really didn't take – look, I'm not a James Harden fan. I think that the other shoe will drop with James Harden simply because it always has before. 
He's been terrific. Mm-hmm. He's been absolutely great. They got that one right at least so far. They've gotten far more right than they've gotten wrong. The Lakers have changed coaches a bunch of times. The Lakers have changed direction other than the the two main guys, right, that we're yeah. going to run LeBron and AD, which, again, you don't have to be a basketball savant to say we're going to build around LeBron keep James and AD. Yeah. We'll keep them. and mm-hmm. we'll, But the rest of it has been really good at times, won a title in the bubble, and then like, well, this doesn't work at all. They've let some stars make some decisions where – it's Russell Westbrook. They've let coaches. They've let. It's it's not as clear as it's like the decision making tree like here is all yeah. over the place. Some good, some bad. Who's doing this? Who's doing that? Where the Clippers? It's it's kind of steady. It hasn't borne a ton of fruit yet. But the guy at the very top of the chain, pretty committed to getting this thing right. He's do he's doing the thing. They're no longer living in mom's basement across the street. They've yeah. got their own spot. They've got their own stars. They've got their own identity. They got to win. If if you don't win, none of this other stuff matters. But I, but, but I think they're I, they're getting closer and closer to hey, we finally got one, or we're on the one yard line of doing this. Where the Lakers, some season it feels like hey, they're right in it, and then the next season it's like we're not even close. They're all over the place. The the comment of I don't think there's ever going to be a question with Bomber that there is a commitment to winning. There's a salary cap in the NBA. There's not a salary cap in the front office. Right. And he has shown that whatever it takes, I'm going to go try to get. And I, I think the thing that you mentioned is the most important thing. When the dust settles, they got to get one under their belt. Yeah, for sure. No and, question. And, and if that doesn't happen, then we could still say, you know, I just use this as an example. If the Clippers, if the playoffs started today, the Clippers would have the Phoenix Suns in the first round. They could lose. <laughs> And if they lost sure. to the Phoenix Suns, there's going to be this, oh my gosh, go it's again. them. It's just, basically, the only team they could lose to, and you would say, I get it, is Denver. Yeah. But I, th- yeah. they're still going to have that stuck with them until it's not stuck with them. Yamamoto is two outs away from going and making his Dodgers spring training debut. Dodgers and, oh, that's good. Max Muncy just got hit by a pitch. That's fun in spring training. Let's let's let put Otani in bubble wrap until Korea. We'll we'll get him out in Korea. Let him play a couple in the Padres. I'm charging the mound right there, <laughs> and then put him back in bubble wrap. Fly him back over, and we'll start the rest Ross of the season. Ross got hit in the face yesterday too. Yeah, I, this uh, spring training, and I, I know you got to do it. I yeah. understand you got to do it, but this always scares the you know what out of me. Yamo Should. getting ready to make his debut. Is this the most important guy on the team? That's next. It's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. So this is the Brian McKnight, I Love L.A.? Yeah, it's not, it's, he doesn't, he changes the lyrics and there's like rapping and stuff. No. Pretty sure that's not going to play after a Laker one. No. Randy Newman, please. Randy Newman's fine. That's Brian McKnight has a lovely singing voice, but no. Come on, bro. Sedano's here all dressed up in a suit. Okay, Sedano. Yeah, yeah he's got uh, – I think he's doing the game. Oh, is he working yeah, tonight? I think he's working the game. Yeah, he's ready to go. He's going to – A little early. Well, you like to be prepared, Slee. So you know. that suit on. He's on he's the Travis plan. You show up six hours early and you sit there and you wait. <laughs> it's what I did when we did the Rams thing the other night. Uh, we didn't go on the air till 7. I was in the parking lot at 530. It was like, all right. So uh, tick, tick, anybody tick, opening tick, up the place tick, here? Tick, tick, or? I just sit there. I stared at my phone. And, you know, I I just kind of had I was at peace with my thoughts, just kind of figuring out what was going on. Uh, Yamamoto making his Dodger debut right he's got now. Got a strikeout. Uh, of course he did. <laughs> yeah. He he's up there. You know, he's figuring it out. Whatever. 
here's the thing with Yamamoto that I think I don't know if you could ever fly under the radar with the Dodgers, and I don't even know if you could fly under the radar if you got three hundred twenty-five million dollars in the bank uh, on a twelve. Only deal. way that can happen is if you sign Shohei first. I know, <laughs> right? I think That's you're right. The only under the radar move. His performance, okay, I think is the most important thing for the Dodgers' success this season is his ability to be a lockdown number one. We're going to go out there and we're going to win 80% of the time when he takes the ball. Not that he's going to get a win in the stats or anything like that, but when he pitches, you, Dodgers have, find a way to you, win. Yep. You, you have very little chance of beating us today. Mm-hmm. The same way when Justin Verlander walks out there. The same way when, when guys like that take the ball. When Garrett Cole goes out there, you're losing. You know, it's just if he's one of those guys and can anchor that rotation and let Glasnow slot in behind him, let Bueller slot in behind him, let Bobby Miller slot in behind him and just be that pillar of the team, then everything else gets much, much easier. If he's one of their good guys, mm-hmm. it's not quite the same thing. I mean, you'll take it, but if he can be that lockdown day one, game one, here we go. You have virtually no chance of beating us when he's on the mound. They're off to the races because they're going to score runs. It's it's interesting you said the most important player. It's a, it's a good way to describe it because Shohei is on the Dodgers. Freddie Freeman's on the Dodgers. Um, Mookie Betts is on the Dodgers. But tell me the last time, and it could be Kershaw, but I'm trying to think here. The last time that you've had, it might actually be Walker Bueller. You've had your ace. That was there. Yeah. Like, I'm not telling you that Kershaw doesn't still have good stuff, but sure, Kershaw's sure. I, I also missing a lot of time. I know what you mean. Before Walker Bueller got injured, Walker Bueller was, if he gets the ball four out of five times, three out of four times, let's say it, Dodgers are probably going to win that game. Mm-hmm. Is he the last player? The only other one that you can make a, a, a quasi case for mm-hmm. that. that Scherzer was like that when he first got there. Mm-hmm. Like he, you, you're going to lose. Now in the postseason, it went in a different direction. He just ran out of gas. But mm-hmm. Scherzer was like that too. And Urias had a moment where he was, yeah, you're right. he was kind of yeah, like that. Damn. Where it was, I, it was a pretty short window. How quick did we just forget about Julio? Yeah, Trevor Bauer was like that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've had more than their fair share of those guys, but they didn't have one last year. Okay, I was going to say, but I think the 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 reason why I bring up that point is. They got to the postseason last year. Obviously, they didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a couple of guys that could potentially step up in that role. Yeah, as in Yamamoto could be your ace, but Glass now could be. Hey, every time he comes, he's also lights out. Or maybe Bobby Miller's having a year this year where people are saying, "Damn, there's more chances than not that they're going to win this game." But the Yamamoto piece is interesting because Yamamoto is not going anywhere for a while. It's the first time he's facing major league pitching on a night in night out basis so there's also a curiosity that's why i think he's the wild card wild card may be an overstatement he's the one with the biggest potential delta of excellence to just pretty darn good the dodgers don't make very many bad deals right that the dodgers went and signed a guy who has never pitched in this league to a 10 or 12 year deal for 325 they didn't do it on the hope that he will be good here they did it on the dead lock cinch that he's going to be good here the difference is good and are you hall of fame good are you saw young good that's 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 the difference he's going to be good but how good and if he's the top end of good if he's what he was in japan where he was the three-time mvp winner in a row what are we talking about? Well, here? When, when do you think? How many starts does he need to season. have? Half a so season. So by July, we're going to have a good idea. Of, Pretty good idea. Yeah. Pretty good idea. Look, he could get clobbered a few times out of the gate, and I'm not going to be just like adjust and yeah, and, and it's not going to be a uh oh they blew it. it. If he has a season where he gets clobbered, I'd be surprised. This is why, and I don't know, I don't know if it's the best comp, but this is why the did they blow it? Let me just use it as an example. I don't know if all the other teams that were in the mix for Yamamoto, and they were all big market teams sure. that are going to be competing for a World Series, Philly, New York, go down the list. I don't know what percentage of that is. We have to get this player because he's the best pitcher. He could be the best pitcher in baseball. 
on top of, hey, this is also just a brand new market. Now we have this audience in Japan. It's also important for that. Um, that it's not fair to say it that or to put it that way, but there is obviously a financial side of having some of these players because you're opening up such different marketing opportunities. The Dodgers the could lose every game this season, and it was a great deal to give Shohei Otani and, and Yamamoto because of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That obviously isn't going to happen, but the economics what of what they're doing, they're not going to lose. They're not going to be a, what the hell have we done? Our franchise is insolvent because we, we gave all this money to two guys who are underperforming. Mm-hmm. That These are winning financial deals whether they're winning baseball deals time will tell the other thing about otani yesterday that we haven't talked about he he hit the home run yesterday right he hit a home run on an on a fastball that was kind of middle in okay otani is a left-handed hitter we all know this but a fastball that was kind of middle into a left-handed hitter if you're going to hit it out you either hit it out to center field or you turn on it you smoke it over the right field wall i see what you're saying you're saying he shouldn't have swung at it he inside outed a middle-in fastball Stupid. over the left field wall, which you're saying, okay, occasionally a guy will go oppo, whatever. Okay, fine, but that's not what this was. Almost immediately after, Freddie Freeman had an in middle-in fastball that he tried to inside out to left field, and he had a soft fly ball to left field that was 50, 60 feet short of the, uh, the fence. Freddie Freeman's going to the Hall of Fame. Freddie Freeman is one of the great players of his generation. I understand pitch to pitch at bat to have it's a little different, but Freddie Freeman's not inside outing middle in fastballs over the left field wall. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. He's that good of a player. And Otani did something that Freddie Freeman might do once or twice a season. He did it in his third at bat of spring training. That's how much better. That's how much more special. Shohei Otani is than the other very best guys in the league. Well, I mean, he's overshadowing them even when we're watching the game. I mean, how stupid is this? Mookie's up to start the game yesterday, and, I mean, no disrespect to Mookie, but there was a little bit of like, okay, Mookie, figure it out. Shohei's next. There's a little bit of after Shohei's done with his bat, you know, he goes 0 for 2 to start, strikes out, and grounds into a double play. When Freddie would come up, there was a little bit of like, like, uh, not disappointment, but it's like, oh, Shohei's done. Yeah, it's it's over. It's Freddie freaking Freeman. It's two Hall of Famers. It's Mookie Betts in front of him. And I'm like, Mookie, let's go pick it up a notch. So I, I, we're watching the game here in the studio, and they keep cutting to Yamamoto in the dugout. His first inning is smooth, in, out, done. I don't know if he's going back out on the sound on. I don't know if he's coming back out to pitch a second inning or not. I have no idea. Um, He's in the dugout with this look on his face that is as locked in a look as I've seen. Like, usually Springsteen guys are laughing. They got their hat off. They're goofing around. They're too... He is locked in like he's getting ready to go face Bryce Harper and Castellanos and Schwarber in the ninth inning of the World Big Series. Game. They got the Rangers. It's unbelievable. He's pantomiming his delivery. He's going through the mechanics yeah. of this. And may, Look, for all I know, this is what he does every time. I, this is my first time seeing him in an environment like this. But that level of intensity that's shooting off that guy is unbelievable. I was, I, it's funny. I'm, I'm trying to watch and watching some of these games right now. It's, look, it's good. You got baseball coming back. There's not, I, I, I was doing this yesterday. I mentioned to you this morning. There is a part of me, this team is so stacked. And the upside, if these guys just play like themselves. If Shohei Otani just plays like himself, not be anybody else, Glasnow just plays like himself, if Bueller eventually comes back, we'll see what happens. If Yamamoto, the only shot you got against this team is that they had a bad week of baseball. Mm-hmm. That's the only shot. There's one other. There's one other, and it's it's not a great shot, but there's one other. Injuries? No, because no, that, that tends to even out for everybody okay. over the course of it, is that you have Garrett Cole. You have... Justin Verlander, you you have one of those other guys that's the best pitcher in baseball, and you get to pitch him three times in a seven game series, and they're just lights out. That that and by the way, that rarely even happens where you get that third look at a guy. But the other, look how many like we we have to play out. The, that's listen, what I mean. Does it happen? Of course it happens. But they got eliminated in two straight playoff series. And I don't need to sit here and remind Dodger fans how disappointed they were, how disappointed you were, and everything else. But 
this is the best offseason that I've seen from the Dodgers. I mean, you tell me of the they spent one point two billion, something like something that. Something like that. I so think you won hundred games. By the way, that, that difference in point two and three. It's two point five. What it's do you want to whatever you want to round it to? Million dollars yes, difference. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to a player, right. by the way. That's going right. to an individual. Right. Um That's glass now. That point one is yeah. glass now. <laughs> That's sound that, like that's, Roman and uh, Succession when they're like, "You're talking about billions of dollars here, guys. You can't just go nine to ten billion. Why Congratulations on saying the biggest number. Yeah. Why are they playing right? this year? There's just no point of playing because this year. even with this team, yeah. what does Vegas have? I think thirty percent chance. That means that there's a double amount of likelihood is that, that they is that don't what Vegas get it. has them. Yes, thirty percent. Yeah, that means it's twice more likely than they won't than they will. I don't know the answer to this. Do you remember last year? Was it? It wasn't this. Was it fifteen percent? It was probably somewhere in the fifteens or twenties. Yeah, yeah. Well, you say it's the best off season they've had. This is arguably the best off season anybody's ever had. Yeah. They spent a billion three on, and not just two guys, three, three guys top basically player, top spent pitcher. it on. Yeah, okay, and also- the next best pitcher, and arguably one of the next best hitters. Sorry, Em. I also have a bone to pick with this game currently going on right now. Why are they both wearing the same color? Same uh, color. I cannot t- tell jersey. the difference between the teams. I, I, I can because I, I can. Exact same jersey. The pants are a little different. Why are they wearing literally? Yeah. It looks like the exact same color playing the same. I field thought the, the Dodgers time. were pitching. They were at the plate. <laughs> it's because the Rangers are blue too. They I don't, I don't know what to white. tell you. Are they never allowed else? to play another blue team? No, can they not play the Cubs? <laughs> then if you are playing the Cubs. Don't wear Both the sides exact got same color. <laughs> Both Come sides on. got white. I think somebody's got gray. I think the Dodgers are in their gray they pants. They are in gray pants, but yeah. I can't tell on this TV right now. And it's annoying. Well, that me. sounds more like a TV problem than a uh, sartorial yeah, decision. Uh. M. Tag at Dodgers and just at fanatics at it. Nike at Dodgers. Gray and white. Gray and white. So say, Come I, on, you know Travis. what it looks like? It looks like one of those basketball scrimmages where they're both wearing. The same thing. Turn your pants. Turn your inside out. Like, doesn't one team have to wear like white? They are. The Blue Jays are where the Rangers are wearing white. On their pants. It doesn't one, make a right? difference. One has white socks on. The other one has yeah. dark blue socks on. Else but blue for they, training. they wear blue or gray. They're on the road. They're wearing gray yeah. pants. Pants. I'm talking about yeah. the tops. I, I like that you get worked up about silly stuff. I'm this with is her. this is. I just not can't one of tell the things. difference until they get close look, up. Look okay? at the pants. One is wearing blue. One Unbelievable. Is home team wears white. Road team wears gray. It's not that hard. Clinton understands what oh, it is. Oh, go to break. Yates in the house. It's hot gold next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. What's hot? All right. Max Struess is hot because uh, last night's game was insane between the Mavericks and the Cavaliers. The end of the game specifically, what did you say? Uh, the Max hit like, what, three threes? At so the end he, of the game? Hit, he hit five threes in the final four or five minutes mm-hmm. of the game. Yeah. So I know everyone's just going to look at this 60-footer. They were down 10 with about four or five minutes left. The guy was unconscious. Yeah, the last sequence itself was the inbound pass was tipped. Luka got it. Luka passed it to his guy down in the post to get the layup. And then there's, what, two seconds left on the clock. And they – I'm going to play the sound from you. This is the Cavaliers' Tim Alcorn call on Cavaliers radio. Leave it to inbound, just to the left of the Cavs bench. All we need Leave is a deflection. Pass deflected by Mobley, but grabbed by Doncic. Doncic bounced underneath the PJ, and he laid it in with 2.6 to go. Cavs out of timeout. Struess into Mobley. Back to Max. Half-court shot. Good! Good! <laughs> he hit it! Cavs win! <laughs> 
incredible ending it is a regular season game but that's an incredible call from tim uh, over at the cows radio network i do want to play the loser team call because it is equally hilarious and fun okay so this is the uh, mavericks tv call on bally sports uh southwest italy Kleba will take the ball out of bounds i love this guy <laughs> love it a lot more if they make a shot here deflection and luca comes away with it six seconds five seconds underneath washington 2.6 to go Shout out to both those, those calls. Great Fantastic call. job, guys. To, to have a call on the other side of it and to still have that energy and this, and you feel if there's a math fan that's listening, whatever, you feel his exact emotion. The the caller for the losing team was just as good as the winning team. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Trav? It's so rare. Like occasionally you'll see somebody throwing in a half court, end of a quarter, end of a half, whatever. And it's yeah. always exciting. It's never to win the game yeah. that somebody throws one in like and that. that. Guy, it was, and he said half amazing. court. Yeah, it was no, way no, no, beyond no. half yeah. court. It yeah. was it was almost to the hash on the other mm-hmm. side of the Six court. Feet. Uh, it was it, it's extraordinary that look, those guys have those jobs for a reason. And not that there aren't <laughs> guys that are bad at it, like calling those games, but there's only 30 play-by-play oh, jobs yeah. on these teams. You got to be pretty darn good at it. Both those guys nailed it. I got lucky. I got a lot of Cavs friends. And like when he hit the first one, everyone was like, somebody hit me like, yo, Cavs, Mavs, Snug, get to it. So I turned it on. He hits four more, three yeah. more. Yeah. <laughs> in the course of the game. So by the time that went up, I was like, oh, that's going in. You watched it live. It was yeah. back and forth both You sides. watched yeah. it live. There was no doubt in my mind that was going in and he hit it nothing but net it was awesome wild. Yeah. yeah no it was it was crazy and yeah i love those calls over there so now it's time for uh what's cold and now time for what's cold even though i do love a frosty how about wendy's all right wendy's is cold currently maybe the frosties are too but because so the ceo got a little bit of hot water because he originally said that there was going to be quote-unquote dynamic pricing to mimic what is like an uber so you know when you call an uber and it's rush hour it's gonna be more expensive than when you call an uber and it's not rush hour so mm-hmm. The Wendy CEO wanted to introduce dynamic pricing for their items on their boards so that at certain times of day, when it's more popular to order Wendy's, it'll be more expensive to get Wendy's. It wouldn't be that it's cheaper other times, it's just that it's more expensive and it surges. It doesn't get less to encourage more people to go and buy it. So then he backpedaled, said, oh no, it's not going to happen. But this is a very bad look. Are we looking to a future where we're going to have dynamic pricing at restaurants? I, so I I would just say this. Here's the problem with Wendy's. If you just type in Wendy's right now, every piece of information and news is negative. Be very strategic with what you think you're going to roll out. And if you're the only, if all, let's just say hypothetically, there was a there was ten fast food restaurants. Okay. That all kind of we're going to do this. Like, hey, this is what we're going to do. Right out here on Sepulveda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's that's different. If it's ten chains that are all doing this, you can't really target one. If it's Wendy's, the one trying to do it. The other ones aren't. It's just a bad look for Wendy's. I, I kind of what we were just talking about a second ago with these guys that get to these jobs at play by play. Like you got to be really good to get yeah. an NBA play by play job, right? I would assume to be the CEO of a fast food chain, you got to be pretty good at running a business. <laughs> this is colossally stupid. Yes, and and I get that smart people can make bad decisions. I understand it happens all the time. Who's paying a premium for bad food? And this is what I don't get. I, I I get it. It's late at night. I want it. But if you're saying, hey, listen, it, we got a line here. That that hamburger with corners is now 20% more expensive. It's Peace. not like an no, Uber no. where you need the Uber. That's why that, it surges. That's what it's, it's, exactly. Have no I, I have optionality at this point. I I don't I don't get Travis, it. Travis, but see, here's the here's the thing that I think that the CEO mindset doesn't think through. You're saying peace. A lot of people are saying 
give me your neck. I'm getting the food. Like, this is a legitimate situation. I'm, like, I'm not putting my fast food workers in a position where you've got to defend mm. something being three times the price against random people that are hungry in your establishment. You don't know what those people are going to do. Like, it, legitimately, I would not put that kind of risk on it. If I want, if 50 drunk people are in a Mickey D's in a college town yep. and you try to up the price of Chicken McNuggets by three, <laughs> they're not walking out peacefully, like, Travis. That's what I'm saying. And, you get and, my point here? And, 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 that's going to go south. And what is the, like, Trav, you mentioned, fast food has a very specific purpose. Yes. 95% of the it time, fast, it's a convenience choice. Correct. It's convenience. The pricing is going to be, you could spend under 10 bucks, whatever yep. it is. Yep. If Tell you me. start playing with that, that's- That's yeah, how people that's get hurt. Take, take your favorite- <laughs> that's how people Take your hurt. favorite nice restaurant. Okay, mm-hmm. the place that you like to go to treat yourself a little Olive bit. Olive Garden, sure. Okay, sure. If that's your spot, that's your spot. <laughs> and they said, hey, listen- on Friday and Saturday night, we're adding 15% to our prices. You can make a decision, but I love that place. I like the ambience. I like the service. I like yeah. the food. 15 I want to go on Friday night? Fine. Perhaps. This is That's not a choice of convenience. The I'm hungry right now. I need salt and fat in my system. That's on the side of the street that I'm on right now. I'm going in there. Wait, what? You want what? I'm telling get, you. No, I'm right, that's that's how lunch. windows get broken, and that's how people get their hats snatched off. Yeah, no chance. Would you? But would you walk away, Em? Would you? Would you decide that you're going to a different uh, spot? I think it's one of those things though, where you're already in the drive-through, and you see that it's surge price time, and you're like, do I? Do I go and I pull out of the drive-through? Then you know that's 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 a difficult choice to make, and I don't think that I'd be the person to make that choice. I think I would still go through the drive-through and be like, ah, oh, it's fifteen dollars instead of ten, whatever. I'm already in the drive. Twice as much. Nah, bro. It's thirty percent more or fifty percent. But more. I think the issue is that you don't know until you're there. It's hazard pay. Yeah. By the way, it's not required good, for that. It's not good to just know who the CEOs are of some <laughs> of these companies. Like, there's no reason why I should know the CEO of this company, no. that company, of some of these, you, don't, you know, right. chains. Yeah, here's a New York Post CEO. Kirk Tanner of Wendy's. I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't probably know this guy. Not a good look. Tanner messed up. Not a good deal. Who's hot? Who's cold? It's brought to you by NextGen, the official AC heat and plumbing company of SoCal sports fans. Call 833-3-NEXTGEN. That's 833-3-N-E-X-G-E-N. Or visit nextgenairandplumbing.com. The Um, dump's coming up next. What? 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 I'm sorry. I tried to get you near. But... There is a good thing about surge pricing that can be at a restaurant. So there's bars sometime that'll have kind of like a stock bar. So like, you know, you'll go and see this board and say, oh, um, everyone's ordering a Coors Light right now. So then the Coors Light is going to be really more expensive. And then you can get really cheap, nice beer. So you get everybody in the bar. Okay. Hey, everyone, if we're all getting Coors Light, it might be two dollars more but it might get something really fancy to be cheap yeah. so like the the mm. bar goes it's like a stock exchange style bar so Jeez. that's i've been to one i've been to one of those it's, it's how about a, just have pricing and let's it's, leave it's it the other side of the market forces is what it is so <laughs> yeah how, how much for my course like five bucks cool right no no, no he just ordered one six <laughs> yeah that's what i mean it's like <laughs> huh? here? What? Yeah. no <laughs> no the dump coming up next frog is wrong it's travis lee 710 espn Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Happy birthday to, what would we say, Slee, the third, fourth best player in the NBA, maybe second? Luka Doncic turns 25 today. You okay. start a draft today, he's not going past three. Yeah. I don't think he's going Yeah, past he's three. not making off the medal stand. Sidebar, you know who Maximum Struess hit that shot in his face against last night? Luka Doncic, he had a hand but, up. And which was smart of Luka. I yeah, think that's only the guy that playing any defense. That's a guy wasn't really talked about, but that shot, yeah, you're right, was right yeah. in front of Luka. <laughs> he he needs to, like we were talking about with mm-hmm. Otani, right? And, and I understand basketball's different than baseball for all the obvious reasons, but Luka has been to a conference final. He's had some big moments in the playoffs, but he's only 25, turns 25 today. But at some point, you got to go play in some final series, so, right? Uh, and and if you so. can't, then you move on to the next place. But here, let me give you an example of this because you're not wrong in that last year Jokic it's the first time he got to the NBA finals Joel Embiid has not been to the NBA finals nor has really got that close to the NBA finals Mm -hmm. 
the problem with some of these teams, and this is the problem in Dallas, it's almost virtually impossible to do it on your own. Of course, so it is. Where, no one so, ever has. So, no. so what does Luca do? Because I, I, I've watched Luca beat the Clippers in a seven-game set, and there clearly wasn't an, uh, as much talent as there was on the Clippers versus the Mavs. What does he do then? You say. Fix this or yeah. I'm leaving. It's not up to him to say this guy or that guy. Go to the people in charge. I need you to surround me with a better team or I'm leaving. I just don't want credit to go away from Luca. No, he can I, only do so it's much. It's way too early to start worrying about Luca legacy stuff, from my, in my personal opinion. He's a 25 year old kid who's the cornerstone of a franchise. Sure. And he's great to watch and you'd pay sure. to see him with your eyeballs. Sure. That's where it is. Yep. That, I don't think it has to be more or less than that in terms of... N- not yet. Especially considering the... Well, here's the not reason yet. why. is the competition in the West, too. Sure. It'd be one thing if the Nuggets hadn't won the last NBA title. It'd be another thing if, I don't know, the Warriors weren't just now sort of obviously off the list. Right. I think, or, I think they're fine. Or if Dallas was on a team where they were expected to go further and they didn't. He yeah, hasn't think, had I think, that. I think he's in a good spot. I think mm-hmm. he's, he's in an okay spot. He's progressing okay. He, he, his, he is. The, the organization is not necessarily. This, this feels a little LeBron-y to me. Like, hey, look, really? I, can, I can only do so much here. That if you're not going to do what I need I you to saying. do, then I'm going to have to juice the system here a little bit and and put something together this on is, my own. This is on the a couple this. seasons away from now, but I get what I, you're I going do too. With that. I'm not yeah. saying it's okay. today. I'm not even saying it's it's in the next year or so. It took Braun but, what nine years? I think nine years in Cleveland before he left. There you, okay, eight or nine so years. When sure. he came in at eighteen or nineteen or whatever he is, we're six years in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the seasons are are a factor here. We're in the zip code. We're not on the street, okay. but we're in the zip code. <laughs> even if even if Dallas, even if this is the furthest I think they could go this year. They went around, right? But then we're back to square one of, okay, well, how far can – he can only do so much. That's what I'm saying. So it's on the franchise. Yeah, no, no one was saying LeBron didn't do enough. It's like that team's not – The trajectory team of you using the, the Cavs and, LeBron, and, and LeBron, Dallas and Luka, you might get to a point where you're eight or nine years in, and now every other big-time franchise is like, Luka, we'll get you a squad over. So that's what I'm saying. And, yeah. and, and we're, we're – approaching it we're not there but we're approaching it alex caruso another nba player uh 30 years old today i would have thought he was 35 years ago just because of the hairline and i say that as a sympathetic fellowly bald guy by the way i just realized were you planting a luca in la seed there is that what was happening no in terms of where he needs to protect no potentially but go when, next? when these things go down like we're talking about they never go down in charlotte okay because i am planting <laughs> you know i am planting the luca yeah, in LA the, seed. that would be fantastic the, the seed is planted to me right in, now yeah it's the the, the seed will grow into a plant in sure. Miami, New York, Los Angeles. There's only a few places where you plant right. those seeds. Okay, they don't happen in Milwaukee. So I'll give the Caruso's. I'll give the Mark Cuban thing portion of it. He'll figure it out. Okay, isn't he's he done it before? It? He is kind of. He is kind of getting out. Yeah, he's still controlling. He's going to be a mon- minority owner, but he's still controlling owner of decisions they make. And he wants to win, but he also. Has one. This isn't a Jerry Jones situation. I know Jerry was there, but Jerry Jerry looks at it differently. I I got to juice this a little bit. This has to happen right now, or it's never happening again. Yeah. Good piece on Caleb Williams in ESPN. Pete Thamel uh, talking about his you know path and where he's headed and. There's the one passage that we've all been talking about where he loves deep dish pizza, Walter Payton, and Michael Jordan. What? It's like, like, is he a 56-year-old white guy (laughs) from the South Side? Like, why does he like any of those things? (laughs) Well, those are all three pretty good things. I mean, they're not bad, but I mean, like, that's... It's like saying you like In-N-Out, you like tacos, and you love the Hollywood sign. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Is he saying these things... Unless there's some kind of communication with the Chicago Bears and the Bears are saying, so, my brother, we are drafting you. We discussed this on television today, not mm-hmm. to scoop myself, but my thought about this was, I, I don't trust the Bears with this, and I'm not sure why anybody else does either. You pick Justin the Fields. The Bears with his career or the pick? The, the, either one. Okay. Because you picked Justin Fields a couple years ago, or whatever amount of years ago it was. He was supposed to be the guy. If I'm the Williams camp, I'm not like, oh, yeah, Chicago. I'd love to be a part of your organization. What if he doesn't have a choice? Well-known for developing quarterbacks and well-known for running rings with guys that can throw it. I mean, he might have a choice. If he's the top pick, you can negotiate that kind of stuff. It's very bizarre to me that they seem to be this in bed this early considering how little success the Bears have had with the quarterback position so far. It's it's genuinely surprising to me. Yes, 
they're going to take him anyway. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> they, they, if I'm the Chicago Bears, yeah. you might not like us now. I'm going to take my chances. We're drafting I, I don't, you get, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't disagree, but I'm saying I don't necessarily know that I think that Justin Fields isn't the same thing you have with Caleb Williams. I don't know that it's M- obvious Maybe to see in that. the Bears, I, I think it's more obvious than you're giving it credit for because here's, here's the rub. Justin Fields may or may not be a good NFL quarterback. We've seen him look really good at times, and we've seen him look kind of not so good at times. Okay. Okay. The Bears are the wrong team to develop quarterbacks. I'm yeah. with you on that. There's at least the possibility that Caleb Williams could be special. And unless you have special at that spot, you virtually have no chance. Let's look at who's won sure. the Super Bowls. It's 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 a very small group of quarterbacks, and with very, very few exceptions, are they anything other than special mm. talents guys? I don't think Fields is that. I think mm. Williams has a chance to be that. Yeah. You have to take him. I think that's where we just kind of differ on the scouting report. I love Williams. I like I think his game as well, but he's not a walk into your franchise and win ten games guy. He's a guy that still has Peyton, Peyton Manning wasn't that though, Yates. The no, Peyton, Peyton but, Manning but won what three I, what games I mean is this first Peyton's year. skill set to me as a how it translated to the pros was obvious in terms of his play on the field. What needed to come around him was the team. I still think Caleb is a guy where I got to see some more stuff before I believe you are going to be effective or, or every Sunday. On top of that. The, on schedule throws and all the regular stuff, not just the freestyle. He doesn't so throw it, interceptions. He moves his feet. He makes good decisions. And he can't beat Utah. Like You know what I'm saying? It's because his defense was terrible. I get they scored it, but what I'm saying points. is that the regular stuff that he does – Yep. To me, I seem to see more beyond just the special stuff. Can I, can I say, it very if, if hypothetically, hypothetically, he was getting drafted by a franchise that you had trust in, yeah. maybe your conversation is going to be different. It's probably also that he's going to the Chicago Bears right. that you have some of your um, Franchises like that though, don't get the top say. pick. <laughs> they never get bad no, enough like but, that. And that's where I, it's, it's an interesting discussion is you can't just make the Mahomes comparison because Mahomes went to be a backup. You know what I'm saying? And then turned into a guy. I think Caleb is a guy that could use a situation closer to that than something like, say, CJ Stroud. But he's not falling to gonna, 10 or 11 or whatever no, Mahomes not, was. But, no, but the keys are going to no, come not. to him. He, he will go number one. Saying, the keys are going to come to him and they're going to say, save our franchise. That's yeah. also then not that's, perfect. That's bad management. That doesn't make him but a bad player. That's no. a bad organization. But I, my point is, you can't win consistently in that league, and you sure as you know what can't win Super Bowls in that league unless your head coach is special and your quarterback is special. Those are the two boxes you have to check. Look at who's been winning. It's Belichick. It's McVay. It's Reed. Okay. It's the same guys over and over again. Look at who they had a quarterback. They had Brady. They've had Mahomes. They've had Stafford. They've had these guys that are extraordinary talents they might not have the coach. They might not have the infrastructure. And I'm not saying that Williams is that. I'm saying he might be that. No, yeah, he might be. I just think that there's an era in which the football world is going to develop a little bit because there's no Brady's walking through that door. There's like these kinds of guys. That type of style aren't isn't walking. around much either. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. there's going to have to be an evolution of what these guys look like before you can just say, okay, well, he's special. Roll him mm. on out. Because then you get, it might end up in a situation like Buffalo where, yeah, he's special. He does a lot. But I don't see any rings on that mantle. Well, the coach might not be right, and yeah. the staff may not. Like, not not talking coaching staff. His supporting ca- and the other thing that that dude has to deal with is 15 in Kansas City. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. That there's yeah. traffic in front and of him. The entire AFC has to worry My about that. My larger point yeah. is I'm rooting for a situation where Caleb can grow because I think that he really does have a lot of things he needs to be the guy that the special people think that he's going to Don't be. hold your breath because he's well, going number one. Yeah. Where? Maybe debatable, but right. he's, and he's going And unfortunately in the NFL, they don't give these quarterbacks time. Yeah. Not very often. The issue. Shohei Otani brought a glove to spring training, and apparently that was news. That's it. <laughs> hey, could you play the outfield? Yeah, probably. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it was in his locker. Down. That's what I heard. It was, it was, he, he didn't even touch it. It was just <laughs> sighted in his locker. He should just run out to left field tomorrow just to get everybody. <laughs> Take a First of all, anybody that's ever seen him run, he can play the outfield. Yes. Okay. Anybody that's ever seen him play base, there's not a thing that involves a stick, a ball, or a glove that he probably wouldn't be extraordinary at. I will bet you whatever you want that Shohei Otani does not step foot in the outfield this season. No. Not one. How about in a couple years? Who knows, right? Mm -hmm. The the only path to him being a player that's not a pitcher is if some for some bizarre reason he can't but can't bounce back as a pitcher. And you're just looking to put another athlete on the field. Yeah, that that that, that's about it. That for whatever reason, Tommy John surgery number two doesn't take. He becomes just a guy on the mound, and it's you know what? Let me go run down home runs in center field. Sure, (laughs) maybe, perhaps, maybe. Nick Saban says that he's not looking for another job, but that uh, the idea of college football commissioner has been floated around. I don't hate that. 
I don't hate that at all. Name a better guy. Yeah. I mean, what are we doing here? Right. He knows everything about everything. It's oh, not I'm- like he just walked into that job. Kent State, Michigan State, Alabama. He's gone through the ringer when it comes to moving up through conferences. You know what we should do, Cody, right now, even though uh, Mason and Nor Island don't like are us. here? A little super crosstalk. All right. I'll get out of here. Not really. No, not really. I guess we just do like our, <laughs> our regular. Did you? I think we just do our regular <laughs> show. <laughs> Roars! How you feeling, Slade? Uh, three hours man. again. Yeah, let's let's Run start over. Back. That's um, right. Run I got back. an eye appointment coming did, up here in a little bit. Did you I say something to one of those guys? Are they Hall of Famers now? Hall they don't famers. have to do uh, crosstalk anymore. Yeah, if you are in the Hall of Fame, your schedule changes. It's a little bit different. One Should we of, just go back to the top of the rundown and just kind of start all over again? Mason pulled a little bit of a Sliwa. You see that plaque over there? The uh, the Southern California Sports Broadcasters Hall of Fame, Steve Mason from the Mason and Ireland Show. Okay. Still here. Now, maybe he just wants to have, display it in a place to remind him to work hard every day. But yeah. this is a, hey, here's a little gift. Here's something that we thought you might like, and he just left it behind. That's a Sliwa. Um, I'm <laughs> surprised it's not like hung. You know, like it maybe sways a little bit, too. It's in the background to get your attention. (laughs) Something along those lines. Uh, Yamamoto is done for the day. So he pitched two innings. Mm -hmm. He struck out three guys. Fine, whatever. Like I told you, it doesn't matter. Here's the part that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Threw 19 pitches in two innings. That's nothing. Hmm. That's nine and a half pitches an inning. And again, spring training, I'm not going to get too hyped up about it, but it's the not, efficiency is pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I don't know about the – I know I know you guys keep saying this, not getting hyped up, but I'm, I'm sure there's a little part of you that is hyped up just because it's the first time you're seeing these guys. I was surprised you got two, 19 pitches in two innings is yeah. really difficult to do. That's three mm-hmm. pitches to every guy. That's, that's a pretty extraordinary debut, but – who knows? He could get clobbered the next time. Did you watch any Yamamoto, John? Did you get no, to see any? I didn't see any of I heard he did really well. He pitched two innings. He struck out three guys, gave up one soft hit. But for me, the number that jumps out, he only threw 19 pitches in two innings. He just well, went right through people. Well, you know, there's people. talk that he, when he was in Japan, he pitched every six days. Yeah. So there's talk that the Dodgers are going to use a six-man rotation. Wouldn't be year. surprised just to protect him towards the mm. end of the year. They took a risk. You know, when you bring over a guy who's never pitched in the major leagues, you give him 10 years and all that money. So uh, it's a good sign. Accommodate, good yeah. Story. Here's the other thing. It gets mentioned occasionally, but I don't think there's enough emphasis put on it. There's a different baseball in Japan than there is in the United States. I didn't know it, that. Yeah, it is a slightly different ball. It's a little tackier. It's a little stickier. Um, Spider tack is allowed yeah, in yeah, Japan, can, can, apparently. It's built into the ball, shall we say. <laughs> uh, and for a guy that pitches the way that he does, like an American baseball is pretty slick. When, when you get it, the seams are low. It's pretty slick, and that's why they rub them up and do all this stuff. This is a guy that lives on movement. And when all of a sudden you're not getting as enough friction on the release that you are, Interesting. didn't seem to struggle with the new ball today. Seemed like he was doing all right. This is where they kept going back. It's Yamamoto throws a pitch. Bam to Shohei. Back to Yamamoto, throws a pitch, bam, to Shohei. I'm like, That's about what it was. Might as well throw Shohei in the corner. I'm sure you know this, Ireland. Tonight is the last time the Lakers will play at Crypto as the visiting team during the regular season. Yeah, maybe ever. Yeah. Um, And uh, the Clippers, I think, because they had that eight- or nine-year run, I think the overall record between the Lakers and the Clippers at at Crypto is going to be pretty close. I think Emily said it was 52-47, to something like that. That sounds about right. 50-47. Three games over the the Lakers. By the way, it's it's, I was looking at that stat earlier today, and you have to really think about it because Lakers dominated for so long, but the last 10 years is where, since Chris Paul went to the Clippers, is when things kind of started going the other way. Um, We're talking about it, John. You know, some of the more, I guess you'd call it like history between the Lakers and the Clippers. There really isn't any. Well, because they've never met in the playoffs. Yes. One year it was was on its way to happening. The Lakers had punched their ticket and went through. The Clippers were up 3-1 on Phoenix. And if you ever want to get Mike Dunleavy going, mention to him why he brought in Daniel Ewing for a defensive replacement at the end of a game when they were up three. And Daniel Ewing then let Sean Marion hit a three from the corner. Raja oh, Bell no. or somebody sent the game into overtime. Suns came back and won it. And that was the end of our – the Suns came back, won the series. That was the end of our bubble Laker. Too. Our Laker-Clipper thing. Yeah, they were, in, they were up 3-1 Denver. in the bubble. And uh, they blew that. Is there any – I've heard you tell this story that obviously Shaq not getting tickets and going out right. and dropping 61 on him. Yeah, he was mad. Is, is one of those things. But is there a moment, Laker-Clipper moment, that kind of springs to mind other than that? No. 
Yeah. Um, it's bizarre. It is bizarre. Yeah. The Clippers, Western the Clippers are almost like a G League team when you compare them to the Lakers. And, and it's good they're getting their own building because – the Clippers, have, like, I've never felt like Staples Center was the Clippers' home. No, they never not. retired one number. They never retired even Ralph Lawler can as, I, can as I an announcer. You, can I give you an example? It just felt like they were, you know, kind of – they always had the the games nobody wanted, like, 1230 on a Saturday, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> I'll take despite, those. Yeah. Despite <laughs> the fact that they, they had competitive teams in many cases, better, again this year, better record than the Lakers. They when, just never took to that building. When you walk the concourse – and there's one area where it's got like Shaq and Kobe and it's and these are basically it's artwork murals that are on one of the walls and it even has I think Taylor Swift on there and then the lower left hand corner it's like Staples Center and it has all these like memories lower left, it's Lou Williams still Just, yeah it's still there oh okay but my, my point is is that like he how long said, has it been since Lou Williams has been a clipper this well, is, and he was a Laker too. I, I, yeah, this is more just the 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 building, like Staples yeah. Center. The different, but that's that that's all they have. And look, we are talking about this. If I told you what you think of the Clippers' future over the next five, ten years with Bomber, I think it's going to be pretty good. I mean, I I, I would assume the building will help a ton. The building will help a ton, but also the guy is he's not going to be cheap in spending and spending on the well, front office. Well, nobody nobody wants to hear this, but fans should get ready for this. Clippers could win the title this year. They're that good. They're the second best team I've seen in person. Boston is the best team. You think they're better in Denver? Uh, when I saw them, they were. Okay. But let's see them again tonight. This is going to be the last time. And then I get to see Denver on Saturday. No Paul George so, tonight. So. Yeah, no Paul George. So it'll make a difference. But the Clippers are really deep and they're really good. They haven't been as great out of the All-Star break. Uh, Ty Lue is a fantastic coach. That's um, the thing that it is, and they are deep. I mean, they got guys like Terrence Mann. Yeah, is really good. He just gets buried on that Clipper they, roster. They, they don't check, or I should say, there there isn't a box that you don't feel pretty good about them, right? The coach, the star power, the the depth, all of these things. They if, defend reasonably well. If they run into Jokic, they don't really have anybody. But neither does Who anybody does? else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, Avica Zubats is a, an average center. So if they run into uh, a team that has Jokic or Embiid or Porzingis or somebody like that, they might run into some trouble. All right, so I wanted to ask you guys this. We did a little last man standing. I don't know if either one of you heard it while we were doing about television, the most popular television moments. It, today was the like the whatever it is, the 45th it was the anniversary, anniversary of MASH. Of MASH finale, MASH which is the highest rated non-sporting event mm -hmm. thing right. ever. No yes. political thing. The just, next yep. four highest rated television events, taking all sports and politics stuff off the board. Right. Any ideas? Um, Seinfeld finale? That's on the list. Yep. Who shot JR Dallas? On the list. This, that um, was one and two of the top finale? four. That's number three. So we're missing one. We're missing one. Um... I don't know. Was the Friends finale big enough to be? Well, maybe. Yeah, Friends, Friends finale? finale. That's what Slee guessed. It's yeah. not in the top it's four. Not in there. Okay. Game of Thrones? Thrones? No. Yeah, because there's no ratings on that. It's got to be yeah. a network uh, kind of thing. Is it something you think we've both seen? I'm almost positive you've both seen it, or certainly are very aware of it. What era? 70s, 80s, 90s? 70s, late 70s. All in the family, maybe? No. All in the family. Might be early 80s. I'd have to double check, but it's in that between. Late 70s. Yeah. Late 70s? Yeah. Don't know. Don't know. Roots. Oh, Roots. Yeah. yeah. Boy, I watch Roots. I watch yeah. Roots and Winds of War every single Winds night. Winds of War. Winds of War. Yeah. But I, was in the, I was living in a fraternity, and we would gather, like, whoever had the best TV, there'd be like 20 guys in his room, and we'd all be watching it. <laughs> I just remember, I remember the voiceover guy. The Winds of War. <laughs> That'd be a good gig. Oh, I remember. Yeah, very good gig. He's now, of course, more famous for other things. But O.J. Simpson is in Roots. Yes, he is. And there is a scene that they filmed when nobody knew who LeVar Burton was at the time. This was his like announcement mm -hmm. to, and everybody else like Ben Vereen played Chicken George and Leslie Uggams played Kizzy. They, I mean, they had a lot of famous people. And then they had this guy, LeVar Burton. So early when LeVar Burton is a slave in Roots, they're having a a race oj's like a mentor to him on the plantation and and or i guess they're still in africa and he says oj says to him uh let's have a race and the director says all right we're gonna give him about a 10 yard head start oj and then just catch him at about the 50 and oj goes okay got it 
couldn't catch him. LeVar, oh, really? LeVar Burton was that fast. LeVar guys. Burton has wheels. And OJ, yeah. and OJ had just got out of the NFL. He's like the leading rusher wow. in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, and, right, uh, right. But he couldn't catch him. That's how fast LeVar uh, Burton was. I don't know if you've have you seen the Hell Fellow Well Met? No. Yeah, sad. Richard Lewis. The oh. great Richard Lewis has yeah. passed away. Yeah. yeah, we're looking for it. He did the third chair with Michael and I in okay. 2018. And I used to get DMs from him. Hmm. So he listened to the station all the time. And, you know, him and Larry David grew up together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was funny is I'm sure he shot some more episodes that will air in this final season of Curb. But in the first one of this year, what they're talking about is which one of them's going to die first and what are you leaving them? Yeah. Oh, right. Richard yeah. wanted to leave Larry. Larry. Said there. He goes, I don't need it. I don't want it. <laughs> oh, he goes, yeah, I'm so leaving weird. it all to you. <laughs> so weird. He goes, I don't need it. Don't want it. Don't leave it to me. I'll turn it down. Yeah, I got to dig up. He was on uh, on my podcast was he? Uh, last year. And he is, I mean, in fair, I, the last time I saw Richard, he was very, very frail. And, mm. Yeah. And, mm. so and he this, looked frail on, on Curb episode one this year yeah, he did he did but hail fellow on that unbelievably funny guy it, for a very long time. very long time. i mean 50 years being okay famous? so here's a weird richard lewis story so i had him on the radio in new york and he had to have a big card table when he was doing uh his the, sh- the radio show okay and he always had a card table when he did stand up and he wrote down all of his notes and he had them completely lined up perfectly on the card table just enough to co- to cover the card table completely it was just this weird quirk but i never got that request i'll come on the show but i need a card table there <laughs> so so weird that's very odd very eclectic very <laughs> yeah. eclectic guy yeah yes. and he was he was out there i mean he would have been the first one to tell you he was half a cup of crazy oh yeah <laughs> well, and uh most of those guys oh yeah great comedians but he, are. Leaks, yeah. he yeah. leaned into it yeah. You know, he uh, he almost killed himself uh, with drugs and alcohol, and he got sober wow. and lived like 30 years longer yep. than he wow. even thought he would. That's the uh, so, Keith Richards. If I would have known I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself. Right, right. <laughs> so big hail fellow well-met Richard Lewis. Absolutely. Super Crosstalks brought to you by In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out, that's what a hamburger's all about.